Merry Christmas and happy holidays to the Basketball Brands community. Thank y'all for tuning in. We have a great episode this week on our Christmas edition of the Basketball Brains podcast. LeBron James ruined the NBA. According to Amon Shumper on the Bootleg Kev podcast that he went on, he's quoted as saying, Bron ruined basketball. He thought he was making it better. I get it, but... He went on to explain how he used to see basketball growing up, watching the Chicago Bulls, saying that, me personally, I love the NBA for the loyalty I thought was there. James basically knocked down the fourth wall like, man, the owners ain't shit. They bullshitting. We do what we want. He went on to say that when LeBron went to Miami, he feels like, and I quote, I feel like the franticness started when LeBron went to Miami. That's when everything became so critical. He talked about the loyalty in the NBA, saying fans really started looking at it like it means nothing. Loyalty means nothing. Now, that being said, Iman Shumper is 100% correct. LeBron James ruined basketball the way we used to look at it. We used to see guys go into their team. We used to see them grow with the team. They get drafted by. They would build with that team. It doesn't happen anymore. Fans used to be so much more passionate about their teams Shit, fans used to have teams. I mean, you know, people used to be Bulls fans. They used to be Bucks fans. They used to be Lakers fans. You don't have that anymore. People are fans of players, and they follow players from place to place to place. You had it with James Harden when he went from OKC to Houston to Brooklyn now. You had it with Russ when he went from OKC to Houston to Washington to L.A. now when Braun went from... Again, when Braun went from Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland to L.A., everyone's following these players. We did not have that before. That wasn't normal. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's all because of LeBron. No one ever did it. Shaq did it when he left Orlando. When he left Penny to go with Kobe, he left that. He started that move when Kobe was like, I don't want to play with Shaq anymore. Ship me or ship him. That was part of the player empowerment but nobody was as big as LeBron James. No one did it as good as the King did it himself. He got all this hype. People were following this kid since he was the chosen one at St. Vincent. He was always had this hype behind him. And when he left, when he left his hometown team to go team up with D. Wade and Chris Bosh in Miami, they fans ate that up. The media ate that up. I mean, as soon as he went to Miami, the media was like, oh, Miami's going to win a championship. Miami's going to win this. Miami's going to be one of the best ever. We've never seen anything like this. The media went crazy. Fans went crazy. It became so big to have three superstars, three Hall of Fame caliber players to win championships That became normal. And then when teams like the Raptors back in 2019, when they beat the Warriors, I'll say that they did beat the Warriors while they were injured. But when Kawhi and Lowry and the rest of the cast had beat the Golden State Warriors, the team built for this. We see this stuff and we're like, wow, that's impressive because they're not built with five all-star players, three Hall of Fame caliber players, 
when the Milwaukee Bucks, even the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't think are built like that. They got Giannis and they got Chris Middleton. But other than that, they have a good supporting cast. That's what the NBA used to look like. And with LeBron James, how he builds teams, I mean, even you see it in L.A., he wants Russell Westbrook, a Hall of Fame player, AD, a Hall of Fame player with him, another Hall of Fame player. This wasn't normal ever. And if you look back, the Miami Heat winning championships after that, we had the Golden State Warriors in 2015 where they had Steph, Clay, Dre. That was their big three. After that, we had the Cavs won in 2016 where they had LeBron, Kyrie, K-Love, which K-Love wasn't really doing too, too much. But, I mean, they K-Love is still a big name. If you watched him back in Minnesota, you know K-Love is that guy. He really, he really could do it. And then after that, you see Steph. Clay, KD, Dre, another time. Steph, KD, Clay, Dre. And when normal teams win championships, when teams that were before this superstar era win championships, it's crazy. We don't we think that like how did they win the championship? We 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 we're awed by it. When Kawhi won, we're like, oh my god, they beat the Warriors. And the thing I think is the biggest problem with this big three era thing we got going on here is one of the biggest problems for me, we don't give the teams that beat them, we do not give them the credit they deserve. That Toronto team that beat the Warriors while the Warriors were injured, that Toronto team was great. They were built for that moment. They were built to be champions. While we got teams that beat the Suns last year, Beating the Lakers, we thought the Lakers were gonna would, could go back deep into the playoffs, and the Suns bumped them out. And we think, oh, it's because they were injured. No, the Suns are legit. The Raptors were legit. We don't give these teams enough credit because of how these teams are built. And if it doesn't fit what we think is a big three type team, it's not gonna work. These teams that are not big three teams, they don't work in our heads even if they work on the court in our heads we don't we look at it on paper we're like that's there's no way there's no way that that could work but we got really good teams that are not built with that big three prototype and i think that in all honesty is bullshit because we do not give these teams the respect they deserve as good as they are and another thing i have a problem with is when we have guys that are loyal to their teams, like a la Damian Lillard, like Brad Beal. When we got guys who really love their teams and they want to stay there and they want to do something there, even if it doesn't win them a championship, we look at it and we like ship them, get them somewhere else, get them with another two guys who can win them a championship. You know, we want to we want to make these guys mercenaries, but let's be honest, there's something beautiful about when a guy gets to somewhere he loves and he's like, I want to build something here. Even if it's not a championship team, this is this is me. This is my place right here. Dame with Portland. This is That's him. That's his team. We think of the Trailblazers. We think of Damian Lillard. That's Dame's team. There's something beautiful about that. And I think that in this era of basketball we created, I think that we lost some of the beauty in the game because of we trying to make these players mercenaries to win championships. And that's not everything that basketball is about. I mean, 
Obviously, at the end of the day, you want to win championships, but the beauty in the game is winning when it's not expected of you to win. It's not expected of you to build something. We don't expect anything from the Washington Wizards. We don't expect anything from the Portland Trailblazers. And in another in another day and age, maybe they would have been a championship team. Maybe we could have got some guys over there to help Dame, help Brad Beal. But in this day and age, if you are not shipping yourself elsewhere to win championships, they don't have time for you. And it's honestly disappointing because, again, I think it really takes out the beauty of basketball and those guys who stay loyal to their team. There's something beautiful about it. And that's my biggest problem with this big three era. I love it. At the same time, I hate it. It's fun to watch, but it does have its downfalls. So, again, I 100% agree with Amon Shepard when he said that LeBron James ruined the NBA. Now that we talked about LeBron James ruining the 2010s, let's talk about what's ruining the NBA for 2021. COVID protocols. This shit is getting out of control. I'm not here to tell you to take your shot. Don't take your shot. I don't fucking care and I'm never going to push that shit on anybody that listens to my podcast. However, this shit is getting out of control. I get that the NBA is a business. I get that they want to protect their communities. They want to protect their fans. They want to protect their players. They want to protect their coaching staffs. They want to protect everyone involved in bringing together a basketball community from every sense of the ladder from the players to the fans. However, this is getting out of control. 70 NBA players who have entered health and safety protocols this month. There have been 70 NBA players who've entered health and safety protocols this month, the month of December. Out of 86 all season, all the way back to October, 50 of the 70 who entered this month came from the week of December 12th to December 18th. Now, again, I'm not pushing to see that we cut corners and things aren't safe for people and stuff. However, this shit is ridiculous. Players have a cough or they have a sneeze or they have a sore throat or something. These players are on the road 24-7 going city to city to city to city all the time, constantly. Players will have five away games in a span of nine days. They're not always going to feel good. And it doesn't always have to be COVID. Most of them don't have COVID. Y'all are trying to push COVID way harder than it's really out here. And I know that it's affecting people and all this. And... I get it, but the NBA really has to rethink how they go about COVID protocols. These fans are paying their hard-earned money to come see KD play, to come see Trey Young play, to come see Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a box office name, and because he doesn't take his COVID vaccine, again, I'm not pushing this stuff at all. I'm not. I just think that the fans want to see this stuff. If a fan knows that Kyrie Irving isn't vaccinated 
and they're like, okay, Kyrie's not vaccinated. I'm not going to go because I don't want to be near Kyrie. Kyrie could get us all infected. Okay, but then there's people that are willing to pay the money to go into the arena, to meet Kyrie Irving, to know he is not vaccinated. They know this. They're still willing to pay. Let them come watch him play. He is a box office attraction. There are few point guards better than Kyrie Irving, and we're holding him out because he doesn't want to get a vaccine. They force players to get vaccines, and again, it's their franchises. I get it. It is for the best, what the NBA thinks is the best, but the NBA health and safety protocols are too extensive. They are too nitpicky. These guys are on the road again all the time. It's not going to, they're not going to feel great most of the time. Just reading through this stuff, we have looking at the teams in the NBA, nine players for the Hawks on health and safety protocols, nine players for the Boston Celtics on health and safety protocols, seven players for the Brooklyn Nets. I think for a while that number was up to 12. It got as bad as 12 for the Brooklyn Nets, one for the Hornets, four players and the head coach for the Bulls seven players for the Cavs, six players for the Mavericks, two players for the Nuggets, five players for the Pistons. The Warriors have four players, the head coach of the Pacers, two Clippers, three Lakers and their coach, two players for the Grizzlies, one player for the Heat, eight for the T-Wolves, two for the Pelicans, three for the Knicks. The Magic have five. The Sixers have four. Five for the Blazers, seven for the Kings, ten for the Toronto Raptors, two for the Wizards. And I know this this segment's a little political, and I know it might be annoying, but this shit is affecting NBA basketball. It's the shit that most people really live for. People love the NBA. I know that these games are meaningless, but if it starts trickling into the playoffs, this will piss a lot of people off. People will hate the COVID protocols more than they already do right now. The NBA just needs to look over these protocols and they need to they need to not be as locked down on these because I understand how important health and safety is, but this just like the flu, just like other illnesses, you cannot run from. It's it's part of life. If these fans are willing to pay their money and know that going in, coming in contact with millions of other people may cause them to get sick. And if they're willing to pay for it still, they know the risk going into it. It is a contract from both sides that they know the risks. So the NBA, please just please look over this, this health and safety protocol because right now it is completely ruining the league. It has had nine games postponed because of it. It is absolute bullshit. Now, back to more fun NBA news. The great Joe Johnson, ISO Joe, is back playing for the Boston Celtics on a 10-day contract right now. ISO Joe, for everyone listening, if you are not familiar with the great ISO Joe, Honestly, a Hall of Fame caliber player for his scoring prowess playing with the Phoenix Suns in the mid-2000s with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, a guy who was an automatic bucket. Honestly, 
if you're not familiar with Joe Johnson, if I got any hoopers listening to this, anybody who wants to play basketball, whatever you play basketball, watch ISO Joe. If you love scoring, if you love guys who get buckets, ISO Joe is that guy. He is a bucket getter. He gets it however he wants it. And honestly, as somebody who loves scoring, I love guys who just get buckets. Watching ISO Joe is one of the funnest things you can do. Watch him in an ISO situation. That's why they call him ISO Joe. He kills people. That being said, ISO Joe, you got the 10-day contract going. Please ball out. Get signed for the rest of the season. All these NBA fans would love to see it. Just watching the TD Garden light up as you stepped on the floor when you scored that bucket. Man, that's all that needs to be said. We love you, bro. Go do your thing. Show these young guys how you used to do it. Go kill them, man. Now, to end this very, very special edition of the Basketball Brains podcast on Christmas, just staying up late for y'all past Christmas, I wanted to get the players of the games for y'all so y'all could see who really killed it on Christmas. The Hawks and the Knicks. The Knicks beat the Hawks 101-87. to Julius Randle balled out 25 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, shooting 60% from the field. Six of nine from three. The Celtics played the Bucks. The Bucks win 117 to 113. Giannis onto the Kumpo. 36, 12, and 5. The Warriors taking on the Phoenix Suns. The best in the West. The Warriors take it 116 to 107. Chef Curry cooking it up. 33 points, four rebounds, six assists, three steals. The Brooklyn Nets taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. The Nets take it 122-115. James Harden absolutely dominated with a triple-double. 36-10-10, three blocks. I had to give an honorable mention to my guy, Patty Mills, because he was really out there hooping. 34 points, seven assists, hit eight threes, shooting 62% from the three. Patty was doing it as well. The Nets get the win in L.A. The Jazz taking on the Mavs. The Jazz take the game 120-116. Mike Conley is my player of the game. Now, D. Mitch balled out. He had 33 points, three rebounds, three assists, three steals. But my biggest thing was he shot 11 of 26 from the field. Well, that's not crazy bad or anything. It's not bad at all. 42% from the field. Shot 14% from three. I felt like Mike Conley was more vital. He did more things to help the team win. Mike Conley with 22 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and no turnovers. Mike Conley getting it done for the Utah Jazz to help them win it. And that has been this Christmas edition of the Basketball Brains. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope y'all had a great Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope y'all enjoyed your family and stay safe. Until next time, this again has been the Basketball Brains Podcast.